Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. I'm so glad that you've chose to join with us today. It's so incredible to know that we've got folks that are joining with us all over America and a lot around the world, and you found this podcast, and you're connecting in, and you're sharing it with your family and friends. And I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, take a second and post a positive review and spread the word out on social media, and I would so be grateful for that. Now, I know that we've got folks that you are driving, you're traveling, you're visiting with family and friends right now, and I believe that God is going to really speak to you today through this, this podcast. In fact, I want to do something that I rarely ever do, and that is, that is I want to take you right into one of our Life Fellowship services. In fact, recently I was speaking a message of, of hope that really talks all about the fact that peace has come, that you don't have to walk in this world all by yourself, but that the Lord walks with you and that he has promised to give you the hope of peace, no matter what hell unleashes on your life, no matter what obstacles that you come up against. And I really believe that you're going to be impacted and blessed from today's podcast. And then next week, of course, uh, Tatum will be back with me. And I'm so excited for all that God is doing. So let's jump into this podcast, into this, into this service. And then at the very end, I want to come back and I just want to pray for you. So I hope you enjoy this. All right, let's jump into the message today. And as many of you guys know, we just announced that this week is Christmas. It's Christmas. And I, I've actually really started thinking a, a lot about a lot of the Christmas songs that we sing. Like we've been listening to those songs in our home for the last uh, two months. And wouldn't you agree with me? No, we have. <laughs> we, start, we start on Halloween night. <laughs> In fact, we actually set up our Christmas tree and everything on, on Halloween uh, night. That, that's our tradition in our home, and it's all done. And <laughs> Yeah, don't you guys? <laughs> but, like, a lot of these Christmas songs are odd. They're strange. I don't even understand the words, what they mean all the way. Like, have you ever heard that song, um, uh, have you heard, do, do you hear what I hear? It's about this little lamb talking to this shepherd boy. I'm telling you what, that little shepherd boy needs some therapy. That's what needs, that's what, that's what needs to happen. Or how about that song? You guys have heard it where it's like, a child, a child, shivering in the cold, let us bring him silver and gold. How about a blanket? I mean, the dude's got pneumonia, but he's loaded, you know? Uh, or, or what about... <laughs> what about the, the song, Silent Night? I mean, it's such a beautiful, peaceful song. In fact, we're going to sing it coming up in our Christmas Eve services at that beautiful candle lighting moment at the very end. I mean, it's just beautiful, you know? Round yon virgin, mother and child. You guys know the song. Were you ready for this? Song's really not even all that accurate. 
It's not. Because nobody that would have been there on that night would have ever described it as a silent night. No, because you need to realize that, that, that the, the night in which the Lord was born was filled with pain and turmoil and tragedy happening all around. Most people don't really know all the details that surround the event of the birth of Christ. So, okay, okay, many of us, we know about, you know, that there was a couple and Mary was pregnant and there was no room in the inn. But most people really don't know all the events that took place around the birth of Christ. In fact, a lot of what we realize or what we think we know is based on tradition or songs or things that we think and we don't even realize. You know that most scholars and theologians believe that, that Mary was around 13 to 17 years of age at the time. And that she was engaged in an arranged marriage to a guy that was in excess of like 30 years. It was his, some, something 30 to 33, 34 years of age at the time. Come on, teenagers, where are you at? That'll cause some turmoil right there. So notice this. She's in this arranged marriage to this guy. She probably doesn't even know him, definitely doesn't love him yet. And then to make matters worse, Mary finds herself pregnant, out of wedlock. And if you know anything about the culture of the day, if that were to happen, you would have been ostracized by your family. She would have been completely rejected by everybody. So here's this young girl Married to this guy that's so much older than her in an arranged marriage, doesn't even really know him at all, definitely doesn't love him. And then even before they are married, finds out that she is pregnant. And when people come up to her and say, well, what happened? How, 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 did, how, how did this happen? Well, the Holy Spirit did this. And nobody believed her. In fact, none of you, if she would have told you, would have believed her. And then to add insult to injury, they're on their way to Bethlehem to pay taxes. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of confusion that is surrounding the birth of the Lord. In fact, the Bible says here in Luke chapter 2, it says, while they were there, which by the way, let me just say this, they traveled 70 miles from Nazareth down to Bethlehem on a donkey, nine months pregnant. Think about how hard that was on Joseph. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. <laughs> it says that the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger. And we hear that word manger and we think, oh, it's that beautiful Christmas term, that saying. But you know what a manger is? It was a feeding trough. It was the place where animals, cows, donkeys, goats, pigs, that just had their face in the middle of eating out of just a little bit before the son of God was born, and that's where she placed him. There's not a lady that's in this room that would put your baby in a situation, in a place like that. It says because that there was no room for them in the end. And what I'm trying to paint the picture is today that a lot of what we sing about and a lot of what we believe about the Christmas story isn't even accurate. It isn't even based on God's word. 
In, in fact, what we discover is, is that there was a lot of problems and pain and turmoil and tragedy that was happening all around that night, which really begs the question, why? Why, why, why was this? Because God doesn't do anything accidental. There's no coincidences with, with God. Why would God do that? Well, God wanted to make sure that his son was born into a situation so that no matter what it is that you go through, he wanted Jesus to experience everything of life so that no matter what it is that you go through, he can look at you and say, I understand See, God never wanted to be this, this faceless God up in heaven that just looks down and sees you as a project, that you're nothing more than a, than a wretch on this earth. No, he wants to look at you and tell you, I've been there. I understand. I get it. And so for every person here with tax issues, or financial issues, Maybe there's pain in your body. I don't know what's going on. Maybe, maybe you've been rejected. Maybe you've been ostracized. Maybe you've been, re- maybe you've been betrayed. He, he looks at you today and he says, I get it. I understand because I experienced it firsthand, which qualifies him to be your best friend. And so what I really envisioned t- t- today to be all about the week of Christmas is that I wanted to take this this whole scenario of the birth of Christ and teach you how to have peace on earth because peace has come. In fact, I actually went on an extensive word search throughout the Bible for that phrase, peace on earth. In fact, it's a phrase that I think a lot of us you know, we, we use it uh, during the Christmas season, don't we? We put it on Christmas cards. We say it to people, peace on earth. Were you ready for this? I went on an extensive word study of that throughout your Bible. Would you like to take a guess at how many times that that phrase shows up in your Bible? One time. One time. And let me show it to you here. It's in Luke. Jesus said, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless you. Aren't you all glad that you all came to church today? That's the only time that that phrase is used in the entire Bible. Peace on earth. Go study it for yourself. It's the only place that it, that, that it shows up. Put that on your Christmas card. Come on, somebody. I'm just telling you. Listen, no, none of us would debate the fact that it is... It is, a, we are living in a world that was, is without peace. In fact, I did some, some research and I found out that in the last 3,500 years, there's only been 286 years of peace on earth. Years where there have been no wars, none. Uh, in fact, the, Jesus said this in John. He said, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you're going to have trouble. In fact, there's your promise right there. Come on, somebody. That's your refrigerator verse, you know? And nobody likes that, you know? Nobody posts that out on social media. (laughs) I, I promise you that you'll have trouble. But he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. And if you look at the world, most of us would say today, there's no peace. No peace. You don't, have to talk to, you don't have to talk to too many people or 
watch too much news or scan through enough social media before very quickly, your peace is going to be zapped right out of your life quickly. And so what I want to do today is I actually want to show you how to have peace because God has promised you peace. He has promised you peace that passes understanding. But before I show you how you can have peace in your life, I want to first give you four peace stealers, things that are trying to zap the peace out of your life. And once we identify them, it gives us a greater opportunity to, let the, to stop them from doing that continually in our lives. And here's the first one if you're taking notes. It's unavoidable circumstances. And I think the power word there is unavoidable. So you ensure it, lock it, protect it, and guess what? It still happens. It's unavoidable circumstances. Uh, a pastor friend of mine in Louisiana, it was a couple years ago that he had one of his dream teamers, really faithful guy, would show up every Sunday morning really early. And one of the things that he would do is he would set out parking lot cones in anticipation for all the people that are showing up. And one of the places he would set up cones is in this, this little side two-lane street next to the church. So he was setting up parking lot cones out there. And while he was doing that, another volunteer was showing up and saw, the, saw one of his good friends out there, so rolled down the window and was waving hello at him. Well, while he was waving hello, he started veering into oncoming traffic. When he looked up, there was a car coming straight at him. He overcorrected, ran the guy over, killing him instantly. That's how they began their Sunday morning. And maybe you've never been a part of something like that, but you know what it is that I'm talking about. Um, Jeremiah said this, he said, disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant, my tents are destroyed, my shelter in a moment. And for some of you, that's what 2021 has been like for you. Like in a moment, it's gone. It's gone. It's unavoidable, unavoidable circumstances. Here's the next one that I give you today, and that's this. How about this one? Unbearable people. Come on, anybody knows somebody that is unbearable? Come on, put your hand up, okay? Put them down. How many of you are seated next to somebody that, don't put your hands up. <laughs> unbearable people. Listen, you guys know I have two hobbies. I love, I love investing and I love, I love working out. I have never had this happen to me ever in all the years that I've been working out in the gym, ever. But there was one time, one time, I'd finished up doing some incline presses, and I needed to add some more weight. I'm not, I'm my, I am having the time of my life, just having a great day. I see a little tree rack in front of me that has all these weights there. I walk over, I grab two 10-pound weights, put it on my bar. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy just comes right up in my face. I mean, just rah, 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 rah. I mean, he gives me the one finger greeting, you know what I'm saying? He's saying, man, you are a jerk, you're an idiot. Those are my weights right there, just rah, 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 rah. I'm gonna tell you something. There was something that rose up in your pastor at that moment. 
I was looking at that guy going, all right, dude, I'm about to take you down the town. Come on, man, like, whoa. <laughs> no, honestly, I was thinking, dude, what is your problem? There's like, another, there's like 100 other 10-pound plates in this entire gym, and you got to get up in my face about all this. Lighten up, Francis. Lighten up. Chill out. Unbearable people. And maybe you've met one during this holiday season that we've been in here. <laughs> David said this in Psalms. He said, with words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. Without cause. And maybe you have somebody like that. So here I am having the best day of my life, minding my own business. Not anymore. Thanks a lot. Unbearable people. How about this next one here? It's unexplainable problems. In fact, I'm, I'm getting ready to share with you something uh, very personal to me as uh, in, in my family. Because it was last year in the fall that Blakely had a number of friends, some, some girls that came over and spent the night on a normal Friday night. Uh, and that night, these girls were all awoken by her as she was having a grand mal seizure. And I don't know if you know anything about seizures, but those are the worst of the worst. And come to find out, she had been having them for a number of months before this in her sleep. And thank goodness those girls were there to see the whole thing. But I'm going to tell you that Tatum and I, when, when, when we found this out, we were devastated. Here she, I mean, she's 21 years of age at the time. Just devastated. Uh, we've never seen any symptoms of this. We, we never saw. She's always been our fun, loving, energetic, in the middle of everything, passionate, driven daughter. And... Uh, there were a lot of tears in our home that weekend. I remember I held on to my, my sweet Blakely on that. And I remember as, as my bug, and that's my nickname for her, my beautiful, unbelievable girl, my bug. And she was crying, saying, Dad, why, why, why is this happening to me? Is there a tumor that's growing in my, in my head? What, what, why is this happening? And I'm going to tell you, I had a moment, I had a moment that I thought, okay, God, I'm glad you're up there, know what you're doing up there, but I could really use your help down here right now. And I didn't stay there long, uh, honestly. In fact, as, as, as much as I know my name is Chris Lindbergh, I know that God always does the right thing. He always does the right thing. And now looking back over this past year and a few months now, we can just see the hand of God and his protection and how he has been doing all these things and working miracles. And, and I'm just going to tell you what. People call it naive. I'm okay with God knowing things that I don't know. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I like that God is smarter than I am. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm okay that his ways are not my ways, that his ways are higher than my ways. But what do you do when you have the questions and the whys? Why, why, why did they have to die so early, 
so young? Why did such and such have to happen? And here's what we know. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that there's coming a day that we're going to stand before God face to face and all is going to be revealed. And I'm going to tell you, this is my theory. If you don't like it, you can chuck it out the window. I'm all right with it. But I truly believe that the first sound that you're going to hear in heaven is not, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) I don't think that's going to be the first sound that you're going to be making in heaven. I think we're going to come before God with all kinds of questions. And why did such and such happen? And the Bible says that God is going to, all things will be revealed. He's going to pull back a curtain. And you're going to come to him with all these questions. And he's going to say, hey, hey, this is why I did it all. And I think the first sound you're going to hear in heaven is going to be, oh, 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 that's why you did what you did. Well, that makes total sense. You are worthy of it all. Because right now in your peanut ant brain in comparison to God, I mean, right now, you just can't see the whole scope and how the whole thing plays out. But in the meantime, while we are in this place called earth, seen through a glass dimly, as scripture says, you need to know that it's okay to ask questions. Even Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said this. He said, my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? And I'm gonna tell you that the wise will rob you of your peace. They'll rob you of it. Which brings me to to the last one. And I think that the the, the first three all come together. They culminate together to create this last one. And I maintain that, and I venture out to say that most people battle with this one, and it's number four, it's uncontrollable worry. I think that we all worry. Worry. And the thing about worry is actually found in that power word right there. It's uncontrollable. So you don't want to do it, but you do it. In fact, I I guarantee there's nobody listening to me right now saying, you know what, Chris? I am so glad that I worry all the time. It has helped me out greatly. I'm a better man because of worry. (laughs) No, you don't want to do it, but you end up doing it. And what I've discovered is that men and women actually worry differently, especially during the Christmas season. So women are always worrying about, you know, did people get enough presents? Do you like your presents? You know, and men are worrying about, you know, how am I going to pay for all this stuff? (laughs) Because we worry differently. But I'm going to tell you, worry will cripple you. Worry, if you haven't discovered it yet, will debilitate you. It says in Jeremiah, we've heard the reports. In other words, they kept ruminating. They kept thinking about how bad everything is. And our hands hang limp. In other words, it paralyzed them. Anguish has gripped me like a pain, like that of a woman in labor. And so this is the point in the message that I knew, that there would be a bunch of people that would be thinking right now, Chris, you haven't done your research because you need to go back and do more research because I've watched Charlie Brown's Christmas and I've heard Linus. I've heard him get on up and he's quoted scripture and he has 
said, peace on earth. And you're convinced of it. Well, let me show you the verse. Here's what Linus reads. He says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And again, this is the angel talking to the shepherds. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this is going to be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Notice, it does not say peace on earth. It says on earth there is peace to whom, whom God favors. Which really begs the question, how do I get the favor of God on my life because I need some peace? So let me say it like this. If you're expecting there to be peace on this earth, I'm so sorry. You're gonna be waiting a long time because it's not promised to us. But if you are expecting to have peace in you in the midst of a world that is filled with trouble, now that's available to everyone on whom God's favor rests. Jesus said this. He said it in, in John 14. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't fragile or anything like the world gives. Listen, let me just stop here. Let me just time out. The methods that the world has for peace are temporary drugs, alcohol, uh, therapy. Most of them don't work. They're temporary. Temporary. And our world is, has been thrown into an, a, a, a world of confusion. There is a lack of peace everywhere. But Jesus says to us today, don't be troubled or afraid. And God has a gift of peace for you as a Christ follower. And I want to give you four things today that the Bible promises to every one of us that are Christ followers. Four things that if you'll buy into these things, you'll not just have peace during the Christmas season, you're going to have peace throughout the entire year. So that no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what hell breaks loose in your life, you're going to be rock solid in peace while everybody else is freaking out. And now you can point people to the Lord. So here's the first one that I give you today. And that's this. Receive God's pardon. You know, psychologists tell us that the, the greatest source of stress is guilt. And there's a bunch of people that are listening to me today that you've got a lot of guilt happening on the inside of you. And Jesus wants to come and relieve you of that. You know, I love that word, pardon. Some, sometimes a governor or a president will come alongside and pardon someone. So not on any merit of their own, not because of anything that they've done, but simply with the stroke of their pen. They're free, free. Why? Because somebody in authority signed their name. And I got good news for you, everybody. Uh, you can't pardon yourself. I got great news for you. You can't be good enough to get rid of that guilt. 
but with the signing, with the stroke of his pen, he can write your name in the book of life and your past is forgiven. You are free in Jesus' mighty name. You can experience that. Some of you are like, Chris, why are you so fired up about this? Because I've experienced it myself. The Bible says in Romans, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith. In other words, God wants to make you as just as if it never happened. Just as if you never did it. And look what happens now. When he does that, now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And some of you need to experience that today. You don't need, to, you don't need more religion. You don't need another service. You, you need your past wiped clean. You need to be pardoned. And it's the most freeing feeling that you will ever experience. Here's the second thing that I give you, and that's this. You're going to need to run to God's presence. So let me just be honest with you. I'll tell you what I should have done when that guy bowed up on me at the gym. I should have taken a step back, put some worship music on, and started praying for the guy. But that's not what I wanted to do. And that's not where my mind went at that moment. See, when tragedy strikes, when turmoil is all around, when there's difficulty and pain, and those are the moments that we need to run into God's presence, not into our own thoughts and ruminate on all these different things. In fact, let me give you one of my disciplines that I, I personally follow. And that is every single day I spend time with the Lord, every morning. But there are some days that I really feel God drawing me closer to him. And it's on those days that I'll find a quiet place. And if I'm at home, a lot of times it's on my back porch. And I'll sit out there and I'll put some worship music on and I'll, I'll listen to the wind blow through the leaves of the trees. And it is so quiet. And it's in that place that I connect in with God and I'm talking to God, and it's such a conversation that I don't even feel like it's, it's prayer because it's so natural. It's as natural as it is as breathing. See, the Bible says in Isaiah, it says, you will keep him in, and this is the only place where I found that phrase in the entire Bible, in perfect peace, perfect peace. Him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. For some of us here today, you need to take a walk this afternoon. You need to go listen to the wind blow through the leaves of the trees. You need to go look at the clouds, put some worship music on and read a psalm and talk to God. And what you're gonna discover is this, you're gonna experience perfect peace. Because when the chaos of the world is happening all around, listen, I cannot tell you how many times that when the, uh, the pandemic first began about a year and a half ago, Tatum and I, just all the craziness and the confusion, honey, you and I would grab each other's hands and we'd go walk through our neighborhood there. And we would just put some worship music on. I would put that on my little, my little what is it, the, the, the phone. <laughs> I'd, I'd put it on my phone. And we would just allow the worship to impact our hearts. And I'm telling you that some of you need that today. You have so much stuff going on all around you and it's time that you connect in with God. 
run to his presence. Here's the third thing, and that's this I give you today. We're going to have to respect God's principles. And the reality is, is that some of us are violating God's principles. So you're a Christian. You're going to heaven. But you're violating God's principles. And in fact, there's a trend right now that's happening in America that I challenge in the middle of our generation right now. And there's a generation that we live in that actually wants to change God's word to fit how we want to live. So we have a generation right now that's saying, well, listen, uh, God's word's outdated. And if God's word would have been written in 2021, it would have been written a whole lot differently. No, God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If anything needs to change, it's not God's word, it's us. It's us. In fact, this is what King David said, and this is the only place that I found this statement. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing, nothing, no pandemic, no hell breaking out in your life, no difficulty, no financial issue, no, no, no pr prognosis from the doctor, nothing shall make them stumble. In other words, it, it wouldn't matter what the word world dished out at you. It wouldn't matter what hell broke loose in your life. When I'm locked into God's word, I have great peace. And that's why you need to get into God's word every single day. Listen, you eat every day to nourish your physical body. What do you think would happen if you ate physically how you feed yourself spiritually throughout the week? What do you think your physical body would look like? I love what F.F. Bosworth said. He said this, most Christians feed their body three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. And they wonder why they're so weak in faith. Everybody, here's the point. If you're going to be strong spiritually, you have to eat the bread of life. You have to eat spiritually every day. I double-dog dare you. Do it for the next seven days. And watch what happens. Watch, watch, watch your peace meter just fill right up. Watch, watch your hope meter fill right up. Watch the joy on the inside of you. Just begin to radiate out of the inside of you. When you start getting together with friends and family and all these other people that, you, that, are, that you're close to, they're going to look at you and say, man, what, what's different about you? What's different is, is that I've got something on the inside of me. That in the midst of the trouble that is this world, I have peace. Peace. Now, before I give you this last point, I really believe this, that God wants to move this last point from a ministry point to a ministry moment. And in just a second here, our, our prayer teams are going to be here today to pray with you. But we need to, number four, we need to rely on God's provision. In other words, he's the one that we need to take our problems to. But just our financial problems? No. Everything. Everything. In fact, Paul said in Philippians, he said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So notice that. Don't worry. Pray. Tell God your needs. And then, and then this, don't, don't forget to thank him for, for his answers. And notice what will happen if you do that. If you'll do this, you'll experience God's peace. And if you run to him, 
and you give him everything, you're going to experience the peace of God. And here's what you need to realize. I know that for a lot of us, Christmas is the great magnifier. So it's not that you have any more problems during this time of the year than you do in July. It's just that you, you feel them more. You're, you're more connected in with them. I know that for some of you, this is the first Christmas that you're going to be looking across at an empty chair. Maybe there's an empty bed. Somebody that was a part of your life and they're no longer a part of your life. There's pain. There's difficulty. And if we'll present those things to God, he'll exchange that worry, that trouble, for his great peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, I really pray that God used that message to, to touch your heart. And I want to do this as we close out. I just want to pray for you. And so if you would, let me just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that is listening right now. I pray, God, that you would grant them great peace in the, in the midst of a world that is filled with such chaos and confusion. Lord, we just thank you right now for your presence to be with your people. And so, Lord, I just thank you that, that you are sending your angels and your Holy Spirit to bring us your comfort. And we give you great thanks and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, everybody, it's been such an honor to be with you today. I pray that the Lord blesses you, and I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you back here next week. God bless you, everybody.